What's up, Gator Country? Your man Andrew Spivey back with Nick. And Nick, it's uh, Florida, Missouri. Uh, Gators get back into SEC play uh, with the big homecoming matchup uh, against the Tigers, who uh, coming off of a uh, choke job against Georgia, um, 22-12 to leading, and somehow or another they put the brakes on the game and lost 26-22. Uh, uh, kind of seems like their luck the last two weeks. Uh, lose a uh, game they shouldn't have lost at Auburn, and then they lose a game against Georgia they shouldn't have lost either. Yeah, I, you know, I was watching that game, the Missouri-Georgia game, and I, and I couldn't believe what I was watching. Um, you know, I, I said this earlier in the week, and I'll stand by it. I think a good coaching staff wins that football game for the Missouri Tigers. Uh, they went away from the run, which was what was working. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, the Gators got a lot of uh, a lot of film on Missouri this year. They've had some up and downs uh, throughout the season. They lost 40-12 to 12 to Kansas State earlier in the season. But they bounced back and, you know, almost pulled off the upset uh, against Georgia. So there's a lot that goes into this game. You know, the Gators have to be ready for uh, for Missouri to run the football. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll get into that and we'll break it down. But uh, the Gators got a lot of film on this uh, kind of inconsistent Missouri team this season. So uh, we'll kind of see how that uh, kind of how that goes uh, this Saturday. Yeah, I, you know, I, I say this and – and this can be said for any game, I guess, if you want to say it like that. But I think it's in particular uh, very much for this game. And that is Florida needs to just take care of Florida. And and when I say that, I mean Florida just needs to go in and play their style of football. They need to go in and, and, and be, um, you know, uh, effective running and passing. Um, and I think that they can score – you know, enough points to win this game. Obviously, the defense is yeah, – that's about the best thing I can do is huff because uh, it's, it's, it's been an up-and-down process for the defense all year. Um, but this Missouri offense hasn't been great. Now, to be fair, there's been a lot of offenses that haven't been great that's fared very well um, against this uh, Florida defense, including South Florida. Um but, again, I think Anthony Richardson playing his style of game, uh, Florida should be in good shape in this game. If you if you look at just Anthony playing Anthony football like he did against Tennessee uh, and then against Eastern Washington. Yeah, I, I mean, Napier mentioned um, kind of the veteran, you know, defensive line um, for Missouri. You know, they have – I think they're starting four seniors along that D-line. Uh you know, they have length, they have height, they're going to get to the quarterback. Um, but, you know, if Richardson plays his game and, and the Gators can get the run game going early, uh, you know, it you know it should be – it should all work itself out. I think, you know, when you look at the Missouri offense, um, they're, they have not been, you know, off to such a good start this, this season. They rank 10th in the SEC in total offense. Um, they're a team that's going to run the ball. They've ran the ball, you know, significantly more than they've passed the ball this season, which is why I was so confused as to why they shied away from the run against Georgia, averaging 8.4 yards per carry. They got scared. I don't know what it was. They got scared. I, I mean, you know, you, you look at the uh, the game against Auburn. That same thing, you know. They, they had chances to really just 
you know, punch it in and and uh, and and run away with that game against Auburn, and, and they decided, hey, you know, we, let's back off a little bit. Let's, you know, let's do this, let's do that, and uh, you know, it didn't work for them. So, uh, and then they had the fumble, where the guy dropped the ball before he was going into the end zone in overtime to win the game. And I mean, there's ways to lose football games. Nick, that might be the worst. I don't know. I, 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 I mean, missing a field goal is bad, but that, ooh, I don't know. Yeah, he can't do that. Um, yeah, I mean, when you look at Missouri here, they, you know, they don't really offer a ton on either side of the football. Um, but, you know, it's a game that, that, you know, Napier said it this week. There's no, you know, there's no bye week. There's no, there's no gimme in the SEC. You know, you got to, you know, every team can beat you at any given day. Uh, and we certainly saw that last week when Missouri basically controlled Georgia for four quarters and somehow managed to lose the game. Um, so, you know, Gators have to put their foot down and they have to put their foot down early in this one, in my opinion. Um, you know, they got to get the running game going. Um, you know, you know, I want to see the play action bootleg. I want to see all all the tricks out for this one, because if you let Missouri hang around, they, they, they can beat you. Um, well, they've shown that, you know, you look yeah. at Georgia and you look at Auburn, they didn't put them away. Um uh, and, and, and you look at that, that they had chances to win. Missouri did. Um, I think you should, uh, you know, I think you can very, you know, really look at it and say that they should be 2-0 and after the last two weeks. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, this is a team that, you know, they started off, you know, not very hot. Like I said, lost to, I think, Kansas State 40-12, to uh, which is which is not, you know, not what you want to see at the beginning of the year. But I would say they bounced back and they played pretty good football. Um, you know, obviously it's about, it's about winning the football game and, and they haven't been able to do that. Um, but, you know, when you're looking at the talent on the field, you know, they've been in these games, they've competed with the number one team in the country. They, in my opinion, out, and you know, maybe, maybe you agree with me, Andrew, maybe you disagree. I think they outplayed Georgia most of the game. Um, you know, there was little things where, you know, Missouri got to the goal line twice and couldn't, and couldn't punch it in for six. That's a difference. You got to be able to score in the red zone. Um, and, and, and like I said, I thought there was a, a little bit of a coaching kind of mystery question mark. I, I was watching the game and I just couldn't believe that they would not go back to the run. There was four minutes left. They had plenty of time. They had, they, they were coming off a drive where they were gashing Georgia. Like I said, running backs ran for 8.4 yards per carry against Georgia, only ran the ball 15 times. That's if you're running the ball at 8.4 yards a clip, you got to have 20 plus 30 plus carries. Yeah. Especially in the second half, and in, in particular the fourth quarter, you were trying to, you know, ice the game away. I mean, what what were you doing? Throwing the ball there, stopping the clock, and uh, I mean, just not just a, uh, not good. Just a bunch of question marks. I think the biggest thing, Nick, is just uh, you know, don't don't let Missouri be in position to have that option to fix last week's mistake or the last two weeks' mistakes of, you know, not running the ball or not holding onto the ball, put them away. Um, you know, you, you, you were able to finally see uh, last week in, you know, granted it's Eastern Washington, but you were able to feel what putting it away means and, and, and how it feels. So hopefully that helps this team gain the momentum they need, and hopefully that helps this team, you know, just really uh, go out and uh, and play well on, on Saturday. It's homecoming. Uh, you know, you're you're about to enter a stretch of three games that are absolutely filthy on the schedule. Uh, Missouri, LSU, Georgia. 
don't care how good Missouri is, don't care how good LSU is, and I don't care how Georgia is, good Georgia is, that's three tough games. And it's three games that are back to back to back. I agree. And, and you know, I think I think the key to this game here for the Gators is is jumping out to an early lead and kind of getting Missouri, like you said, kind of back on their heels a little bit. Because, you know, when you look at, at, at kind of the production uh, from their offense to this point in the season, they have two running backs with over 45 carries. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, that's a significant margin. You know, they're, they're, they're both at around the 260-yard mark, averaging, you know, 4.7 and 5.7 yards per carry. They got four touchdowns collectively. Um, and, 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 you know, ultimately I think that's Missouri's bread and butter. Um, so if you can kind of get them back on their heels and, and kind of make uh, Brady Cook, their quarterback, a little bit uncomfortable, uh, you know, he, he's, he's off to a decent start this season, uh, you know, 63% completion rate. Um, he's got almost 1,000 yards passing, but just five touchdowns and four picks. Uh, I, I, I don't think that Brady Cook's going to beat the Gators. Um, you know, he may, he may contribute, you know, he may, uh, you know, he may make a few nice plays here and there, but you know, ultimately, I think they're going to try to run the ball. So if you can kind of take that away from Missouri by jumping out to, to, to you know, 14-point lead, 20-point lead just early in the game, kind of make Missouri a little bit uncomfortable. I, you know, I think it's no question we saw Missouri, you know, uncomfortable against Georgia. You know, they were, they were trailing late in the game, and, and, and you know, they couldn't get it done. Uh, you know, they even shied away from, from what they do best, which is run the football. So I think, you know, the key is to just jump out to an early lead. Obviously, the Gators need to win the game at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, and, 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 I, and I mentioned this in an article uh, yesterday. I, I think I think the Gators front seven is really what's going to make or break this game, Andrew. Um, you know, linebackers playing with better leverage, you know, defensive ends getting to the quarterback, kind of making him uncomfortable, like I said, and really just kind of zoning in on the run. It's the Gators front seven for me this week. Yeah, I, 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 I agree there. Um, and then I, but I will take it a little bit a uh, step further and say that I think it's uh, the front five on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and, you know, you can say that every every week of it's a line of scrimmage football game. And, and, that, and that's true. It, it is. Uh, but I think it's particularly in this case where Missouri's, you know, defense line is their strength. You know, don't allow um, don't allow Missouri to get pressure on Richardson. Don't allow Missouri to, you know, really, you know, disrupt things. Don't don't allow, um, you know, Anthony Richardson to get out of his groove to where he's, you know, in that mindset where he feels like he has to do it all, and then we have Kentucky all over again. Um, so get that push up front um, and and get that push from the beginning, and I think you're you're good there. Um, you know, I, again, I don't know that uh, um, defensively Missouri. You know, I, I think they're a a pretty good defense, but again, I don't know that Missouri can can stop Florida's rollout game and they're you know running with Richardson if they're on par and ready to go. Right, and you know, you mentioned the the Missouri defensive line being the being the strength of the team, and I agree. Like I mentioned earlier, they got four five seniors uh, on defense just in, just on the defensive line. Um, and we also know they have uh, a really good linebacker in Tyron Hopper. Um, and I, I believe he leads the SEC in tackles, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, you know, so the Missouri's front seven is, is pretty good. It, but what gives me confidence going into this game, Andrew, is the fact that we've seen Richardson kind of excel in both kind of out, both kind of scripts that I could see happening, right? We've seen, we've seen the game plan from Tennessee where they kind of just 
stop the run. They eliminated, they eliminated the Gators from running the ball and said, Anthony Richardson, we want you to beat us through the air if you can. Uh, and although we lost that game, I thought Richardson, I thought Richardson showed that he can, he can beat you through the air. Um, and then we've also seen games like against Utah where, where Florida completely dominated the running game and, and, and Anthony Richardson was a big part of that game as well uh, through the ground. So, you know, I think we've seen Richardson do both of the kind of scripts that I could see, you know, you know, unfolding in this game. Uh, but the question is, can Richardson do it consistently, right? That's, that's kind of where, where we've kind of keyed in on, on Richardson this season is, is we just want to see consistency with that. We've seen him do it. We've seen him do it all. Um, can we see it consistently? And I think if he can do, do it against Missouri, then we've seen three straight great performances from Richardson. Well, and I think the biggest thing for, for him is, is to get an early start, um, you know, to come out playing well. Um, you know, because he is a guy that kind of plays off confidence and, you know, is, is a guy that, you know, a little bit has emotions on his sleeves, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, so you want him to start fast and you want him to start, uh, you know, on a, on a good note to, to where you're not, you know, worrying about him uh, all night. And uh, again, you know, I, I said this uh, last week or the week before last, but this team goes, this team is going to be as good as Anthony Richardson is. It just is what it is. Florida's going to have to outscore opponents uh, in a lot of shootout games. I don't think that this is one of them, but I, I you know, LSU probably is. Georgia's definitely going to be. Um, you know, that this defense just isn't good enough uh, for that. Um, now, granted, I do think that this week the defense can have a uh, a, a good week. Uh, you know, you, you look at it. Um, Missouri's only averaging 169 yards on the ground and 205 uh, through the air. They're they're just okay. You know, they're 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 not the the best of um, completion ratio either, and they've thrown six interceptions. So go get after them and, and make Missouri. Uh, throw the ball to win the game. And, and like you said, that all starts with that front seven. Um, and you've got to be containment-wise and play assignment football if you're Brenton Cods, if you're Princely or, or whoever it is, you know, playing on your defensive ends. They've got to play uh, sound football and play fundamental football and stay in their assignments. And, you know, Andrew, everybody wants the answers, right? Everybody wants the answers to this, this Gators defense. You know, why, why aren't they playing good? But it, the I honest have the, I have the answer to it. Yeah. Well, the honest, yeah, the honest, exactly. The honest answer is um, that we aren't going to see those answers this year. You know, we may see the Gators improve, you know, over the course of the season. We even We may even see them play a really good defensive game. I mean, we saw it against Kentucky. But I think I think ultimately you're not going to see the changes that you want on defense this year simply because of the lack of depth and the lack of talent on this team. The you know this was a defense that was not left in a very good place, um, like you just mentioned, and you know it's going to take time, right? So is it you know this is something that uh, this is in my opinion the identity of this of this Florida Gators team, right? We have a we have an offense that can score the football the. the the Gators rank fifth in the SEC in total offense. That, in my opinion, is 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 very impressive with the amount with the limited kind of plays they've had due to their defensive. But I thought Billy Napier needed an offensive coordinator. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I thought so too. But no. I mean, guys, 
this Florida offense is, is playing really good football right now. You know, they're coming off a great game against Eastern Washington and another game against uh, Tennessee. They have a chance to put up three really, really impressive offensive performances in a row. Um, and, you know, it's a team that ranks fifth in the SEC, and that's with limited snaps, limited, you know, I don't have the exact number, Andrew, but I would be willing to bet that Florida ranks near the bottom in offensive snaps. Oh, while we're talking, I will go look that up. Yeah, uh, I, 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 just, you know, that, that that's a complete guess on my end, but I do know that we had limited play snaps against USF and um, Eastern Washington. I know well, even the Utah game, uh, you, you didn't have a ton because both yeah. teams kept the ball. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, again, this is a this is a team that, for the most part, outside of the USF game and and the Kentucky game, have handled their business. And right. you know, when you when you look at what this team has done, you know, just overall uh, offensively, for the most part, they've been very very good. And um, again, I I don't know that that's a, a you know, a, a recipe that you want to continue forever, uh, you know, of having right. to rely on that. Uh, but this year you're going to have to. Uh, Florida ranks ninth in the SEC uh, in total plays run. They've run 161. Uh, compare that to Alabama, who's run 242. Holy cow. Texas A&M has only run 109 plays all year. Okay. So, Holy. You know, yeah. Didn't Utah run like 70? Something like that. Or Tennessee yeah, the, did. The ten, no, the, the Tennessee, yeah, they ran a ton of plays. Um, but, yeah, wow. I mean, look at that. Like, so, you know, Florida, like I said, they're they're ninth in the SEC in snaps, right, overall snaps. They're, they rank fifth in total offense. The teams ahead of them, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, and Ole Miss. I mean, those are four really good offenses. So, you know, if Florida's, Florida's hanging with hanging – with, uh, hanging with the big guys here on the on the on the offensive side of the football and to me that's really impressive simply based on that this defense for Florida hasn't been good they've given up long drives long touchdown drives so you know when you look at it from that aspect guys this Florida Gators offense is in a really good spot right now yeah it is and you know uh, again you're going to rely on that de- uh, that offense all year um, you have to just worry about the defense my question to you is this Nick and that is if you're Patrick Tony uh, and you know the defensive staff, do you roll with Kamari this week? Uh, you know more um, over trading. You know, do you feel did you did you feel like you got enough um, out of Kamari to see that he's willing to you know ready to go? Um, are, are are you stick with trading the the veteran? it's a tough it's a tough question to answer for for a number of reasons um the first being I thought Kamari played pretty well I thought there was things he could have done better I know I know Napier said after the game that that he made a number of mistakes um but to me the most important thing was that he he's not giving up chunk plays right um he may not be winning every every snap but he's not giving up 80 yard touchdowns um, right and, and to and I know it was against Eastern Washington his first start, you know. But but we've seen Kamari we've seen Kamari Wilson rotate in uh, pretty often, uh, and yeah. you know he he has not made like a huge mental mistake yet. Um, and, and I think that says something about the young the young freshman safety. You know he's obviously very talented, um, and he's going to have a great uh, future here uh, at Florida. Uh, you know it's a tough. Obviously I I want to see Kamari Wilson play more. Um, 
I know for a fact they're not going to shy away from Trey Dean. He's going to play in the game. He's not going to sit for four quarters, guys. Um, so you can give up on that on that hope. Uh, he he's he's going to play. He'll probably start and play a majority of the game. Um, you know it. It's tough. Uh, you know, obviously I'm not in the locker room. I'm not attending practices. Uh, I can only tell you, you know, what I saw in fall camp and what I've seen so far this season. Uh, and that's that, you know, Trey Dean's just an inconsistent player. Uh, he's going to make plays. He's going to make big plays, but he's also going to, he's also going to allow, you know, plays that just make your jaw drop and, 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 and make you wonder why he's on the football field. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I can't speak on his injury. I uh, I have not heard anything about that. I know for a fact he was not in a boot or or, or any sort of brace um, last week. Uh, so we'll see, uh, Andrew. I, the answer is the answer is I want to see Kamari Wilson play in the game, and I want to see him play often. Um, yeah, I want I want to see him play. I want to see him in there. I want to see him definitely in the rotation, probably more so than he has been would be my answer. Um, but I don't really see a sense in, in, in kind of arguing this point, mainly because I think, Andrew, me and you both know that he's going to play in the football game, Trey Dean is. Oh, 100%. And, and again, you know, uh, I, Trey's made some bonehead plays, period. Yeah. But so has a lot of the other defensive guys. Correct. You know, so has Brenton Cox. So has Rashad Torrance. You know, um, so has Amari Bernie. You know, there there's a lot. You have to take it. Um, it is what it is. I, I want to see Kamari play more. Um, I'll be honest. I even wouldn't mind seeing Miguel Mitchell play uh, more than Rashad Torrance, and that's that's just me. You know, I, I I've seen enough of Torrance to know what what I'm gonna get from him. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I'm like you though. I, Trey's gonna get the start. It just is what it is. He is. Yeah. Um, he's he's earned that right for the most part, um, and he's he's gonna play. Um, you know, that's what a fifth year senior does is, is get out there and play. So, um, I, I was okay with, uh, with Kamari's play, uh, on Saturday. I thought he played, uh, uh, well, um, like you said, I think he made some plays where, uh, he maybe went with his head down and was trying for the big lick instead of, uh, you know, just making the, you know, the, the regular play instead of making the highlight play. Um, But I mean, again, that's, that's, that's to be, you know, expected of a freshman, especially a freshman who was a five-star guy who, you know, had hard hits all over his, uh, his field. Um, The question for me is how they're going to split up the, the, the corner reps with Jaden Avery, uh, Marshall and Moore. Uh, you know, obviously Jaden started last week, so that kind of tells you that he's going to start this week as well. Um, you know, I, I think he, I think he's definitely probably better suited to start than Avery Helm. I'm just still a little bit concerned of being rusty. Yeah, uh, you know, I am too, and, and I said this a few weeks ago. The Gators have a mess of cornerbacks, a mess of them. They have five to six guys that can that can go out and 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 they're and and I I guess the best way to say it is they're not really pulling away from each other, which I don't know if that's a, a good thing or a bad thing. It could be both, um, or either or. Um, you know, when you look at the unit, I think Marshall has has kind of locked in the 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 cornerback one spot, right? So you know, you know, I thought he played a really good game last week. Uh, probably his best game to, to this point in the season. Um, and, you know, I, ju- I just want to make this this kind of note on on uh, 
on the cornerback room, it's extremely difficult to cover your defender for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, when the Gators aren't getting pass rush, when they're not getting to the quarterback, knocking him down, making him throw off balance, getting him out of the pocket, uh, just making the quarterback uncomfortable, it's extremely difficult to cover somebody one-on-one. I mean, it, it's, it's probably the hardest thing to do in football. And right. so, you know, when you see players get burnt and, and, and kind of, and there's always exceptions. Like uh, I thought Devin Moore was, was beat at the line of scrimmage um, the other day, but Corey Collier didn't get him any help, right? He didn't, he was way late getting over. So, you know, so, you know, it, it really is a team game. It's really a team defense when, you know, when somebody gets beat for, for, you know, a 30, 40 yard pass play. Well, were the Gators getting, were the Gators getting any pass rush or was he sitting in a clean pocket? Right. Um, so I think when you, when you, when you look at it that way, the Gators have a number of, of talented cornerbacks, right? Um, yeah, Andrew, the, I guess the answer that I have for you is, is you know, Marshall is going to be cornerback one, in my opinion. And then you really are looking at that, that cornerback two slot, right? So I agree that Hill is probably the guy they go to over Avery Helm. I haven't been a big fan of Avery Helm this season. Um, I, in fact, I think I would probably rank him closer to the bottom of this kind of cluster of, of corners we have here with Devin Moore, um, you know, Jalen Kimber, even I, I, I've seen really good things from Jalen Kimber this season. Uh, but I think the answer, Andrew, is that we're going to see them all rotate in and out, just like we've seen every other game. Um, everyone was yeah. freaking out over Jalen Kimber being listed third on the depth chart guys. That doesn't mean a dang thing. Um, yeah. We've seen we've seen several Gators this season start games in which they weren't the starters on the depth chart. We've seen Jalen Kimber lead cornerback room in, in in snap count, even though he's the third on the depth chart. Depth chart doesn't mean anything, guys. Billy Napier said it at the beginning of the year. It's nothing more than a talking point for the media. So don't look too too much into that. Um, yeah, I mean the Gators room is a cluster. The cornerback room is a cluster right now. There's a bunch of of guys that are going to rotate in and out and. Hopefully, Andrew, in my opinion, I want to see two guys emerge as, as, as the top two guys. Um, well, and that was going to be my next point, was until two guys emerge to be that guy, um, you know, uh, I, I, I am with you. Um, I think that it's, uh, you know, a, a situation where, you know, even with Jason, I, he hasn't solidified CB1 to me. Oh, he just has it. Um, he hasn't. He's had some mistakes. Um, he's CB. He's CB one because of, he's CB one right now because he mm-hmm. played the best of the group. Um, has he, you know, dictated that he's the the you know worthy of that overall as far as you know caliber in the SEC? No, he hasn't. Um, but I think that it's now a toss up of Helm, Hill, and Moore and Kimber to really be that that second guy and. You know, I think you can make the argument Kimber at times has shown he's he's the best for it. I think at times Moore has shown he's the best. I agree. At it. Um, you know, I think, you know, if you go back and you look at history, Jaden Hill shows that he's probably best for it. He hasn't shown that yet for injury. Um, and I think at times Avery Helm is fast enough and has shown he can do it. So I think it's about consistency. And, you know, I think that's the word that can be used for this defense in general is consistency. When you look at Ventrell, he's Mr. Consistency. But outside of him, nobody's consistent. Um, oh. Gervin Dexter hasn't been consistent. Cox hasn't been consistent. Um, 
uh, Rashad Torrance hasn't been consistent. Dean hasn't been consistent. They've got to put together a four-quarter consistent game of them all playing well. And when they do that, they have a chance to be pretty good. I mean, uh, Dean and Torrance are, are, are good enough safeties to win a lot of football games. Um, Dexter and Cox are good enough defensive linemen to get pressure on guys up front. Uh, Bernie and Ventrell are good enough to stop the run. They just have to do it consistently yeah. for four quarters. And I, you know, I guess that's my kind of my issue with everybody harping on on Trey Dean as much as they are. He is not the only one that's that's been inconsistent this season, right? I mean, I think you nailed it on the head, Andrew. Outside of Ventrell Miller, this defense has has is filled with inconsistencies. Every player on the every player that's starting on on the roster has 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 made a mistake. Has you know, it may not be the the costly mistake that Trey Dean made. Um, you know, kind of just letting his defender walk by him. But the bottom line is this defense is filled with inconsistencies. I mean, where's the same energy with the, with the, with the defensive line? You know, they, mm-hmm. they, we have, we, they have not had the pass rush that, that we all hoped for this season. Uh, where's the, where's the, you know, where's the energy for the other linebackers in the room who, who aren't playing with leverage and aren't filling their gaps properly. Um, you know, there's right. a, there, you, you, you know, you can go down the list, right. You can go down the list of, of, of defensive players that have made mistakes this season. Um, and and I think that's kind of just going to be the identity and the story uh, for this year's Gator football team, right? I, I said it earlier in the podcast. I don't know if we're going to get a get an answer this season to the defense. Uh, it, it it may not come this season. It may not come next season. Um, you know, this is I think this is something we're going to really have to be patient with. We're going to wait. You know, we're going to have to get get the get the right recruits in, get kind of that Todd Grantham stink out of the defense, uh, and, and see where it goes. You didn't like Todd Grantham? No, no. Did you? No. <laughs> I just had to ask, you know. Yeah, no, 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 no. Making sure he wasn't a Grantham guy over here. Nope, not uh, a Grantham guy. <laughs> you don't like giving up a third and nineteens? Because uh, I, I don't love playing fifteen yards off the line of scrimmage on a third and three. It's not yeah. my. Uh, that's not my cup of tea. Well, I'm with you there. Uh, no, I'm with you. And uh, you know, again, you, you this defense wasn't good last year, and the players. You know, got the the defense simplified, you know, as, as much as they possibly could. Um, right. And you know, you're starting to see, you know, uh, again, guys like Kamari Wilson, Devin Moore, Shamar James, guys like that who are getting more and more snaps because they're playing better ball. And um, you know, I, again, I, I don't know that. Well, I do know. I do know that you're not going to get the the starters benched. Dean's not going to the bench. Bernie's not going to the bench. Those guys are not going to the bench. They're going to still play and play a good bit. I just think that you're going to see more of, you know, of the younger guys, the the Deans uh, or the Shamars, the Kamaris, those guys the rest of the year, and rightfully so because they've earned that right. Um, They've shown for, you know, now, what, five weeks that they can play, and they're really starting to show – that they're, they're understanding the defense and understanding the adjustments they have to make. And, uh, you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, that's all you could hope for from this defense was that by the year end, your guys were ready to, to compete next year. I mean, um, you know, obviously Dean's gone, Torrance is gone, those guys are gone. You need these guys to be ready to go next season um, at, at their spots. Yeah, and I think when you – when you sit down and look at kind of the the rotation for the Gators defense this year, we're seeing we're already seeing improvements based on based on last season, right? Based on 
kind of the the youth movement, right? Yeah, the, to be the, fair, it couldn't get no worse. Right, exactly. That that's that's a good point. That's a that's an excellent point, Andrew. But I think my point here is, you know, last season one of the biggest complaints for for you know kind of Gator fans across the country was we weren't seeing the the young and more talented players on defense. And, and I think this year on both sides of the ball, you're seeing Napier's not afraid to play you if you're if you are very talented. I mean, the okay. Gators have already the Gators are five games in. And we've had five freshmen that have already burnt their from five freshmen from the 2022 class that have already burnt uh, their red shirt. And I think um, last week they played 82 guys. 81. 81 officially. 81. Okay. 81 officially. Yeah. Uh, and you yes. know that you know the the Gators got in almost all of their scholarship available players. I know there was some some with injuries and uh, you know Max Brown didn't dress out, and so there was some unavailable players that were on scholarship. But basically every scholarship player that wasn't nursing an injury played in the game and we saw several walk-ons play. Um, so that, that was definitely a bright spot. Um, but, you know, again, like, I just think my point is we've seen kind of this youth movement, right? Maybe not as much as some of us would have liked, but, but guys, Trevor Etienne, for example, he's like, I mean, all the Gator running backs are within, I think six carries of each other this season. So right. we have three running backs that are, that are all, they're all within the 30 to 40 uh, attempts. Uh, this season uh, and so Trevor Etienne's a true freshman we've seen Shamar James play a serious impact on this defense um, you know Napier wasn't Napier wasn't afraid to roll out Miguel Mitchell on the second defensive uh, series of the game uh, so I I already think you're seeing an improvement in that aspect of this defense just just based on personnel usage I think you're seeing Tony and Napier are not afraid to to roll out Gator defenders, young, you know, Devin Moore has played a major impact on this team. He's been in, he's been in the rotation just as much as some of the veteran guys uh, in that room. We've seen more playing time from Chris McClellan. And I think me and me and you both, Andrew, want to see him kind of, kind of let loose here. Well, I think he's he's your second best defense. Right. Um, And, you know, I I don't even know that it's close. Um, You know, I, I think he's played, played the best of, of the group, uh, um, outside of Gervin. And, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing for me, Nick, is this defense is, for the most part, knowing where to be. They're lining up correctly. Um, they're in position, you know, for the most part to make plays. Um, you know, they're not making the plays every time, but they're in position to make the plays. And for me, that's a, that's a gigantic step in the right direction for, compared to last year. Um, you know, is it, is it where we, we need it to be? No, absolutely not. Uh, but you were crazy to think that it was going to be a complete, you know, 180 to be in a, a, a dominant defense in, in year two. Uh, I mean, in year one. Uh, year two, year three, yeah, better get better. But year one, that's tough. I mean, it is tough. And 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 I think you, you made a really good point by, you know, these players, they seem to be in position to make the play. For example, drive one. Uh, Eastern Washington, you know, last week's game. Uh, Amari Bernie missed a tackle in which would have forced a three and out on the first series of the game, right? Yeah. I mean, it, we we would have stopped we would have stopped their their kind of opening game script if Amari Bernie just makes an open field tackle. He didn't, and guess what? That cost the Gators an extra fifty or sixty yards. You know, right. and, and and then you look at it that well, yeah, the Gators gave up four hundred eleven yards of offense. Okay, well, if Amari Bernie makes that open field tackle, we only give up I don't know four sixty. Right. Or 360, yeah. sorry. So, you know, it, it, it's the little things like that to me that, that, that stick out, you know, 
uh, Bernie was in the position to make the play. And I, and I do think he makes that play more times than he doesn't. Uh, he just so happened to not make the play. And, you know, and, then, and then we saw Jaden Hill miss a tackle on open field. And, you know, he's coming off an injury, knocking some rust off. So I think there's a bunch of factors that go into this defense. But in my opinion, the most important factor is that these players look to be so far lined up in the right spot. We don't, you know, Andrew, last season we saw, we saw, we saw the the defensive line not even set up when the, when yeah. when they were snapping the ball. I mean, we we saw players not knowing where they were supposed to be. Yeah, uh, you know, 10, 12, 13 guys on the field, you name it, we saw it last season. And and I think this year we're at least seeing more consistency with the coaching, um with the players being lined up, with the right personnel being on the field. Uh, you know, and the Gators have not made plays this season, but I think we're seeing just more more consistency and, uh, you know, just on that aspect of the defense this season. Yeah, and I mean that's all you can ask for. Right, I mean, that, that's it. So uh, let's uh, let's pick some players. What uh, what are you thinking uh, for? Uh, who's your first pick this week of players to watch? Oof. Okay, I will go with. I'm gonna go with Ricky Persall. Uh, I was looking at his numbers uh, earlier in the week, and you know, I just I just want to see the Gators get him the ball more. He is he's he's an NFL route runner, guys. The guy the guy runs crisp routes. Uh, he can he you know he's got hands. Uh, obviously, we saw him how well he moves in open space right on that on that reverse pitch, which was a gorgeous play design. Shout out to uh, Sale who brought that play over from the NFL. Beautiful play design. Uh, couldn't have ran it with a better player either. You know, Purcell. We saw his speed too. You know, on on that on that 76 yard reverse touchdown, it looked like he was going to get tackled by the by the safety coming across the field, uh, and he just totally outran him. Uh, you know, I just want to see. You know, I just want to see him get the ball more. He he's an explosive playmaker. Find ways to get the ball in Ricky's hands. Uh, the guy can make plays. He can run routes. He can he can even run the deep ball, guys. Um, this is a, this is a do it all wide receiver. I love Ricky. Uh, you know, I was looking at his numbers, and, and, and I just want to see an uptick there. I'm going to go with Montreal Johnson. I think uh, Florida has some um, some success uh, running the ball, um, and so I, I, I think Montreal's the guy um, who has been the, the most consistent for the most part, um, and against a defense, uh, you know, a linebacker and Tyron Hopper that are pretty physical. Um, you're in the physical back, so uh, Montreal's my pick. Okay, I'm going to stick with the offense here, and I'm going to go key on zipper. I think in the last two weeks, Andrew, we've seen kind of just a little bit more explosion from him. Um, you know, we obviously saw the Tennessee play uh, where he was able to shake off. I don't know what Tennessee was doing on that play, by the way, but he shook off, you know, three Tennessee defenders and, and, and took it in for six. And, and I just think, in, you know, in the last in the last two weeks, we've seen kind of more explosion from the tight end unit. And obviously that comes with Richardson being more comfortable and more aggressive in the pocket and, and, and things of that nature. But, you know, I just think I want to see, I want to see more of him. Uh, in my opinion, Andrew, I think Keon should be the starter over Dante Zanders. Do you agree? Oh, 100%. I, you know, I think that it's a, it's a situation of, you know, Keon's a, he makes an impact. Um, and, you know, Dante hasn't been blocking very well, uh, hasn't caught the ball very well. Um, overall, so uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that Keon should be the guy um, there. Um, you know, we did see a little bit uh, from Jonathan Odom last week. Yep. Uh, Griffin McDowell did play a little bit last week, but uh, Keon's the guy there. So I like that pick there. I'm gonna go uh, go with Justin Shorter, uh, guy who uh, 
has been Mr. Inconsistency, uh, you know, and hasn't put together back-to-back good games. Uh, but maybe this is the week he puts together back-to-back good games against, uh, you know, some, some corners he should be able to go beat. Um, so I, I think Justin Shorter has uh, at least one touchdown. Yeah, quick note on Justin Shorter. He has um, – he's got 14 catches this season for 314 yards. That's 22.4 uh, per catch. That's that's pretty impressive. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't think – you know, like you said, I think Justin Shorter has been inconsistent at times, but we've seen him make big-time plays. Um, we saw it against Tennessee where on the on the fourth down, you know, he went deep, caught the ball. Um, we saw it against USF. He had a big fourth down conversion there as well. Uh, and obviously we saw it last week, first play of the game, 75 yards. Uh, you know, Shorter's a guy that he's actually, Andrew, he's third in the country uh, versus single coverage. PSF grade, oh. third in the country. Um, hmm. You know, I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, I've been critical of Shorter for the season. I think we both have Andrew. But, you know, if, if he's going to continue to beat, beat, you know, single coverage, then, then, then props to him. Third in the country, PFF grade. Um, I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball here. I'm going to go with Ventrell Miller. Uh, we talk about, you know, I mentioned earlier, the, the, this front seven for the Gators is the key to the victory. Well, who's the leader in the front seven? It's Ventrell Miller. Uh, this is a guy that has a ton of respect in the, in the Florida Gator locker room. And, and, and he's just a dog, Andrew. I don't even know what else to say. He, he's an animal. He plays injured. Um, you know, this guy, this guy just loves the game of football. Uh, and he's an incredible human being. He's, 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 he's great to talk to. Uh, and he's extremely hard not to root for. Uh, and he's just a leader on the defense. He's a leader on the team. So, you know, I'm, I'm picking Ventrell Miller here. Okay. I like that. Uh, I was going to go, I'm going to go with Gervin Dexter. Uh, you know, it's a, you, you need to stop the run. And force Missouri to pass. So I'm going to go Gervon. I think he, uh, I think he, you know, shows out a little bit. I know Napier kind of quietly called him out a little bit by saying, eh, he didn't call him out. That's the wrong word. But said, you know, hey, he's still young and still, you know, learning. Um, yeah. And I think that was a little bit of a challenge of, you know, wanting him to step up and be ready to go. Uh, so I, I think Gervon, uh, I think Gervon has a, a big day. Um, for the Gators on Saturday, and if he does, then that's going to bode very well for uh, for Florida. Yeah, I mean, I think the the kind of note to make about Gervon is is we haven't seen him really produce, you know, in the stat sheet this year, and we didn't really see him produce last season. But you know, there's no question that the guy draws a lot of attention, right, Andrew? I mean, you right. know, he draws double teams. He, you know, the the running backs know that he's there, that that he's going to be coming. Uh, so I think you know. At the very least, he he is drawing attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, what's your pick this week? Gators are an eleven point favorite. Do they cover? I'm gonna go. I'm. Hmm, I've been back and forth on this one because um, I, I, I followed I followed spreads for for a while, and and this one's a tricky one uh, because obviously Missouri's coming off probably their best performance of the season. Um, you know, Florida is coming off a win at Eastern Washington. Can't really take away much from that. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Florida covers. I'm going to say they, they win by two touchdowns. 
People out in Vegas don't build casinos by losing bets. So, uh, you know, they're, they're hardly wrong. So uh, I'm going to Florida wins as well. Two emotional losses for Missouri. You know, where's their mindset in this game? Um, I, I think Florida wins this game, and uh, I think they win comfortably um, in the game. Uh, I'm going to go 31-17 uh, Gators win on, uh, on Saturday. I'll give my official uh, score prediction in my uh, my preview article. Haven't okay. Thought that, haven't thought that much into it. Okay. There you go. Um, All right. Yeah. We will be back hopefully to uh, recap a Gators win on homecoming uh, on uh, on Monday, and then we'll get ready for those pesky uh, corn dogs from uh, Baton Rouge as uh, the Gators take on LSU next week. So. Uh, uh, make sure to tune in on Saturday as we'll have a lot of uh, recruiting updates, uh, updates from pregame and Gator Walk and postgame and uh, uh, everything that uh, goes along with the game day uh, in Gainesville. So uh, make sure to check us out at GatorCutcher.com on the web and on social media. And we will see everyone on Monday. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.